0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the Hokey Hangover Podcast, our second podcast of the week. I am Andrew Alex from ESPN Blacksburg, alongside me from Tech Lunch Pail, the Basketball Conference Podcast, and a bunch of other shit. Mike McDaniel. Mike, are you in a hotel?
1: I am not. I'm in my apartment. A bunch of other shit is a good way to put it. Um, you can find me a little bit all over the place, but... Yeah, in my apartment this week, so that's good. That's a welcome uh, welcome addition, welcome change to my uh, weekly traveling life that I enter for the day job.
0: Yeah, no, as uh, as they say, Mike McDaniel is the internet. Uh, Also alongside me in the 757, chilling with some Captain, but no Coke, Ricky LeBlanc. Ricky, how are you, sir?
2: Why do you got to expose me like that, man? I feel like it's a party foul to have a big-ass bottle of Captain in your freezer, but you don't have anything to mix it with. So we're we're drowning our sorrows with a good bottle of Yingling, which is my old trusty favorite. Um, but I, we need to start this pod by something you just said, which is who in the hell said Mike McDaniel was the internet because I want to talk to them and, and do like a 5,000-word feature on how insane they are uh yeah man
0: it was al gore and al gore invented the internet
2: oh okay there we go <laughs> i thought we were gonna talk politics i will we'll try oh, not. hell who <laughs> okay. wants to talk china i'm just kidding let's not do it. <laughs> <My God. laughs> it has not worked out for anyone this week i'll tell you that much but... yeah yeah absolute disaster thank thank god that we can just sit here and commiserate on the acc and how awful it is and how virginia tech somehow has a, a really relevant and important game coming up which we didn't think would be the case
0: yeah no i definitely thought we'd be dead in the water at this point
2: oh. well how about that segue andrew take that you had a good segue in the last pod i just set that shit up for you come on man there we yeah, go all right
0: free, baby you handled
2: the football and now i'm gonna hit it
0: Virginia Tech takes on north carolina on saturday three o'clock or four o'clock
2: three o'clock it's uh 3:30 so you were close. 3:30. All right. We well, were all around it.
0: Difference. Split the difference. Split, split the difference. The game's at Lane Stadium uh, against the University of North Carolina. Carolina, a team who has been abysmal the previous two seasons. Larry Fedora and the whatever mess he left there is outdoor. They bring in Mac Brown as the coach, a move that a lot of people in the college football Twitterverse, and the media kind of scoffed at us like, you're bringing in Mac Brown, your old coach, you're trying to get him to write this ship. They were picked to finish second to last in the ACC. And so far, behind Coach Brown and freshman quarterback Sam Howell, the Tar Heels have actually played pretty well. They start their season by knocking off Miami and the University of South Carolina. And this is a team that three and three coming into the game with their losses all to teams that were ranked at some point, including a very close loss, a one point loss to at the time number one Clemson. Mike, what has Mac Brown been able to do at Carolina to write this ship seemingly so quickly?
1: Well, Justin Fuente said this week in the press conference that he had leading up to this North Carolina game, and he mentioned that the cupboard was not necessarily left bare at North Carolina, but what you see the difference being here throughout the first five or six games of this season compared to you know, what Larry Fedora was unable to accomplish in his final two years at North Carolina is that the Tarkiels have consistent quarterback play, and a guy in C.M. Howell who's really made a difference for them offensively uh, a guy who has 15 touchdowns, so only three interceptions, over 1,500 yards passing this year already. Uh, he's been very consistent. He's been very efficient. He's been a guy who has brought life to that North Carolina offense. He's been a guy who has not turned the football over, which has uh, been really important to the Tar Heels so far this year, something that they couldn't really elude. Uh, the last couple of seasons when they struggled to win three or four games a year, they were really turning the football over a ton on offense. Well, what you're seeing now is that they're getting more consistent and efficient quarterback play and they're not turning the football over nearly as much. And when you couple that with an improved defense uh, under former offense, uh, Army defensive coordinator Jay Bateman, uh, you see an improved team overall at North Carolina, even in year one under Mac Brown. So I think it's been a combination of improvement on the defensive side of the football and finding an identity at the quarterback position.
0: Ricky, Sam Howell, obviously a true freshman, Um, has only turned the ball over three times on the season, but but all three of those have come in the last three games. Do you think that with more tape on this kid, Bud Foster is going to be able to maybe expose the freshman quarterback and make him feel uncomfortable, or conversely, do you think that an arm like Howell's with 15 touchdowns, three interceptions, and over 1,500 yards in the air already, is going to be able to expose this Virginia Tech defensive back group that has been prone to making big plays all year.
2: I don't really know. I mean, I I think that's a great question. On one side of the coin, you figure Bud Foster made Jaron Williams look like he didn't even belong in in FBS uh, in the first half against Miami. I mean, Jaron Williams, who – uh, even though he had kind of trailed off in his last couple games prior, um, he was very, very efficient for Miami and he was taking care of the football. And then he comes out against Virginia tech and looks like he has no clue what he's doing. I think that that's a credit to Bud Foster. Uh, but then again, we've also seen Bud Foster's defense struggle at almost every point of the season. Um, you can almost count on the, on one hand, the amount of times his defense has played at an efficient and competent level. So I'm not really sure. I mean, one would suggest that based upon Bud's track record, uh, that he would be able to figure this guy out. I mean, he's had success against rookie quarterbacks before. Uh, We all know that Bud is one of the best at making in-game adjustments, at least historically speaking. Uh, But then again, Bud's units have not been great over the last year and a half. This defense is very inexperienced. Um, And Sam howell has got some talent on the outside. I mean, Virginia Tech knows all about these guys. they recruited both of them, uh, De'Ami Brown and Daz Newsome. Uh, These are two guys that Virginia Tech had their sights on when they were in high school, Uh, and they're both playing for Carolina. And Virginia Tech would sure love to have both of these guys because they're both playmaking, game-breaking guys who can do just about anything with the ball in their hand. And they've really been a boon to Sam Howell, um, who has definitely looked shaky at times, but has also done a really, really good job um, given the fact that he's been thrust into the situation w- with a team that is just trying to instill everything that Mac Brown wants to create.
0: Uh, and Ricky, I'll go back to you on that recruiting point. The way that Justin Fuente has kind of marketed the program where it is right now. Is owning the state of North Carolina. Obviously, coming into the season, he was undefeated against teams from the state during his tenure at Virginia Tech. That all changed when Duke came to town earlier this season, drummed Virginia Tech 45 to 10. In a shared recruiting space with teams of similar caliber, with North Carolina as a team that you're recruiting directly against, does this game? amount to more of a rivalry than Virginia Tech fans had kind of thought of it to be in the past, given the current circumstances?
2: Well, I think the game has definitely elevated itself to a rivalry status uh, since Justin Fuente arrived. I mean, we've heard from multiple people, um, and everyone has heard from multiple people, that Justin Fuente didn't really care for Larry Fedora all that much. There's a lot of natural hate against Carolina for the whole uh, academics issues that they got off the hook for. Um, It's just really easy to hate North Carolina if you're not a a UNC fan, and Duke fans would certainly agree. Um, But then you have the issue of the fact that, yes, they're playing them every year. Yes, Virginia Tech is recruiting against these guys head-to-head multiple times a cycle. Um, These two programs are very, very familiar with each other, and the fact that since Justin Fuente's been there, Um, they've beaten the pants off of Carolina and you had the game in Blacksburg where they absolutely whooped them. And then you had the game at UNC where they whooped them in the middle of the hurricane. Um, Virginia Tech has, has kind of made Carolina, they've sunned them a little bit. I mean, they've, they've made UNC kind of the the low man on the totem pole, but this is certainly a, a good rivalry. I think for Virginia Tech fans in the sense that there's a lot of reasons for Tech fans to hate UNC. Um, and now they've got a game where UNC certainly has a chance to win, held or favor to win this game in Blacksburg. Um, so it, it's going to be a good competitive game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout on either side, but um, Virginia Tech certainly has their hands full coming into the, and coming into and coming into this one. Please edit that, Jesus. Mike, looking at this North
0: Carolina team, what do you see as – virginia tech's biggest opportunity to get a leg up and maybe expose one of their weaknesses
1: north carolina's running game has been really up and down all year long and i think overall virginia tech's done a pretty good job against the run um now, Virginia Tech's defense against the pass has not been very good, so I think North Carolina could end up slinging it 45 or 50 times. And Sam Howell has been so good at taking care of the football to date that it makes me wonder whether or not they'll really need to run the football that much. But I think if you know, you're know you looking at the defensive side of the football specifically, I think you know Virginia Tech will... Uh, be able to uh, exert their will, I guess, to, I mean, I don't even know how much this defense even exerts their will at this point, but their defense, the defense for the Hokies will be able to, uh, make their hay at stopping the run. And I think what will determine whether or not they actually won this football game or not is how well they do defending the pass against Sam Howell and how much pressure they're able to put on him. I do think that's one thing that Bud Foster will do in this football game is put pressure on Sam Howell because he is a freshman quarterback. He will show him exotic looks. Uh, he will make sure that their blitz is coming in different directions that Sam Howell may not necessarily be expecting. Uh, Bud Foster has done a really, really good job overall throughout the course of his tenure at Virginia Tech at making freshman quarterbacks look silly, making them look really confused. Um, I I think he'll continue to try to do that against C.M. Howell heading into this game. Offensively, I think Virginia Tech will be okay. I do think they'll be able to move the football. Uh, I do think they will need to continue to establish the run, though, something that they've done a better job of the last handful of weeks here um you know they they've won the last two games because they've run the ball a little bit better uh you know Hendon Hooker has become more comfortable throwing the football as a result of the running game being much improved so that's something that's going to have to continue offensively for Virginia Tech in order for them to move the football effectively enough to win this football game against North Carolina on Saturday
0: Mike now the offensive line for north carolina do you know anything about it is the young group they've allowed 20 sacks on the season uh that's fourth in the acc you know fourth worst in the acc as they should say does virginia tech with a healthy taiwan garbett maybe have potential to make noise and put some pressure on sam howell and maybe force them to make some bad decisions
1: definitely yeah i mean i, I think sam howell is much better than Sharon williams of miami but you're fi- you're coming into a situation here where you have a freshman quarterback making his first start here uh, against for a Virginia Tech defense that is known for putting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Virginia Tech's defense, their front seven, I think, has an opportunity here against North Carolina's offensive line to, uh, you know, mix up some looks and be able to get some pressure on the quarterback. Now, Sam Howell is has been better than Jaron Williams. So, you know, Sam Howell's ability to elude that pressure and still make throws down the field will determine just how far North Carolina goes in this football game. But yeah, I do think Virginia Tech definitely has an opportunity up front, especially now with a healthy Taiwan Garba to uh, get some pressure on Sam Howell in this game and make things a little bit more difficult for the North Carolina offense through the air.
0: Yeah, and now moving towards the defensive backs, Ricky. Rhode Island, to an extent, kind of... They kind of picked apart Virginia Tech in the short passing game, allowing the the receiver Coulter on Rhode Island to get 152 yards. What does Virginia Tech have to do to prevent that from happening, or or is that a weakness in the defensive back group that they might just have to overcome offensively?
2: Yeah, I feel like Virginia Tech almost has to pick their poison. Do you want your DBs being tested downfield, and do you want to go after Sam Howell and force him to make these throws downfield or do you want to play the Rhode Island game where you basically play seven yards off, you give cushion and you let guys run underneath and make catches. And do you try to contain them rather than going for the big play in terms of getting a sack or, or forcing an air throw on, on a one-on-one situation? Um, I'm not really sure what Bud Foster is going to use. We've seen him go both ways at times this year. Uh, I really like the fact that they're getting Shamari Connor involved in the pass rush, and I think they need to do that more often than not. He's so uh, good, and, man. He's so he good. is, he is, he, and it's it's incredible that he leads the team in sacks. Uh, I think that that's not necessarily more indicative of his ability, even though he has a lot of it. I think it's more indicative of the fact that Virginia Tech's defensive line is just simply not generating enough pressure on their own. Um, one thing I am curious to see is if Bud Foster continues this trend of rushing three. In third and long situations, Um, I'm not claiming to be an uber-educated football guy, but I'm absolutely sick of watching a quarterback have six to seven seconds to throw the football when that's exactly the kind of time he needs to throw the ball downfield. When you have these situations, you need to force the ball out fast. I understand he doesn't trust his defensive backs as much as he might have in the past when he had guys like Greg Stroman and Brandon Faison and Adonis Alexander. But at some point, you've got to trust these guys. You recruited them. You you developed them. Um, It's time to either put up or shut up, and you're going up against a really good twosome in Daz Newsome and D'Ambie Brown. Both of these guys are explosive. Both of them can make plays after the catch. They can both make catches downfield. Uh, Virginia Tech is certainly going to be tested in in the secondary in this game, Uh, and I'm not sure which way you go. I don't know uh, if it's a better plan to rush for, and, and try and bracket these guys, uh, or if it's a better plan to just force these throws over the top and see if her DBs can make plays. Uh, I'm not sure either is a good option, but please, bud, I'm begging you, in third and long situations, bring some damn pressure.
0: Yeah, and that pressure, granted that Miami has such a bad offensive line, but creating that pressure and forcing Jaron Williams to make uncomfortable decisions, yet again, a true freshman, was what able what forced those turnovers basically in the long run we've seen it work and though miami's offensive line has surely been better than or north carolina cut that although north carolina's offensive line has been better than miami's throughout this season because miami's has been just absolutely abysmal it hasn't been perfect either so i think that with a healthy defensive front coming off the rhode island game that should be something that you have to do Now, offensively, looking towards Hendon Hooker, what are the keys to the game for him? How does he need to elevate his game here or at least build off of what he's done so far to score the points that, assuming that Virginia Tech's going to allow more than 25, 30 points, that's just the pattern that we've seen all season, Hooker's going to have to get some production in. What's he got to do?
1: I'll tell you what, if Virginia Tech allows 30 points in this game at home, they're probably going to lose. Um Now, offensively, what they need to do with Hendon Hooker is continue to mix the run in the pass. The RPO game has been pretty good for Virginia Tech here the last couple of weeks. You've seen them continue to kind of install more and more of that. Um, we saw more in the Rhode Island game than we saw in the Miami game. We saw more in the Miami game than we did in the Duke game when Hendon Hooker was in the game for the Hokies. So the RPO game is clearly going to be a staple moving forward as long as Hendon Hooker is the quarterback for the Hokies. So I think continuing to be efficient in that game will be important. Um, I think continuing to establish Deshaun McLeese and to the extent that you can get Keyshawn King going, I think that'll be important as well. Uh, Hendon Hooker's ability to extend plays with his legs I think is going to also be pretty important, and I'm not talking about specifically with the running game because clearly Hendon Hooker is going to be featured in the running game, but in the passing game as well, when receivers aren't getting open, when they're well covered, being able to elude pressure, get outside the pocket, still extend plays, and make some plays with his feet. Hendon Hooker's been very good so far at picking his spots with that and not getting too crazy outside the pocket and running every single time. He's been pretty good keeping his eyes down the field, especially against Rhode Island when he was pretty efficient in the passing game overall. I thought he did a pretty good job when the passing game broke down a little bit to still make plays outside the pocket, and you see his elusiveness and his ability to still make plays down the field. I think he needs to continue to do that as well. So Hendon Hooker just simply needs to keep continuing to do what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks and continue to build on the momentum he's sustained and simply Take care of the football. Don't turn it over, and you're going to give yourself a chance offensively.
0: Ricky, give me one player from the offensive side of the ball and one player from the defensive side of the ball that you'd like to see step up on Saturday afternoon.
2: Uh, offensively, it's Deshaun McLeese, and here's why. Uh, would either of you guess or care to guess where uh, North Carolina ranks in rush defense in FBS? They're bad. I'm assuming they're bad. They are. They are bad. Uh, They're 111th bad, okay? That's absolutely horrendous. Uh, The UNC's rush defense is giving up well over 200 yards a a game on the ground. Um, I know that Virginia Tech has historically struggled to run the football, but we've seen better numbers over the last couple weeks. Uh, Virginia Tech needs to try and keep the defense honest and 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 be able to run the football consistently and force the defense to worry more about the run game than they worry about Hennon Hooker throwing the football. Um, So for me, Deshaun McLeese is the one who needs to show that this recent trend we've seen here over the last two games is something that can continue for the rest of the season. Um, Judging by McLeese's track record, I don't think that that's likely because we've seen him do this before. But I think Deshaun is the guy on the offensive side of the ball that needs to get the job done. On defense, I'm going to go with Caleb Farley. Um, UNC, I, I know I keep harping on it, but UNC's receivers are good. These guys are stellar athletes with very reliable hands, and they're very good at getting themselves open. Caleb Farley is going to be matched up on either one of these guys just about all the day. Uh, He needs to find a way to keep these guys bottled up, and he needs to find a way to pick a pass off. Virginia Tech is not going to win this game if they do not force a turnover. Um, They've got to get their offense in advantageous positions, short fields, and try to flip the momentum and get the crowd involved the easiest way to revive your crowd out of what seems to be a pretty, pretty good slumber right now is to get these big momentum changing plays. And if Caleb Farley can do what he's done in the past and and just get his hands on one and come down with it, I think you could see lane stadium really start to get loud and maybe, maybe that helps them affect Sam Howell a bit more. So Deshaun McLeese and Caleb Farley, both need to have big games. Uh, If they do, I think tech's chances of winning are pretty good. If they don't, Or if only one of them has a decent game, then it's back to where we're at, which is a bit of a toss-up and one that doesn't favor Virginia Tech.
0: Talking about that home crowd environment, Ricky, you were very critical of the environment at Lane Stadium on Saturday, and you were more critical of the team in allowing that environment to occur than the fans themselves. What kind of environment do you expect on this homecoming game?
2: That's a good question. I don't have a really a really good prediction. Um, Virginia Tech is not exciting anyone right now with their level of play. Their schedule is is not fun to watch, um, even though they're technically still in the in the hunt for the ACC Coastal. They haven't done anything to to give these fans reasonable hope that this team can put together a, a good uh, season to be proud of. Um, so I'm not really sure. It is homecoming. So we tend to see uh, bigger crowds for these types of games. Um, I have a feeling we're going to see a bit more UNC fans there than we would otherwise normally. Uh, but it'll obviously still be a huge Virginia Tech crowd. It's not going to be a, a, a neutral site game uh, like we'd like to see the Redskins play at FedEx Field. Um, UN, or, like uh, Virginia Tech. Like <laughs> Virginia Tech needs to get this crowd energetic and they need to give them a reason to be excited, you know, both in this fan team relationship. And that's been talked about a lot over the last week. um, Both sides have some, some duties and obligations, right? It's up to the fans to, to put forth your best effort and try to cheer on your team the best they can, even when they stink. But as, as a team, it's incumbent upon you to give these fans a reason to be excited, give these fans a reason to cheer and give them a reason to stay past halftime. I'm talking to you students uh, Virginia Tech needs to do these types of things, and that's the only way Lane Stadium will ever be the kind of venue that it was uh, in the late uh, or the early 2000s where that you did not want to go play in that place, especially on a Thursday night. We all know what Lane Stadium has a history of being, and we all know what it's like when that stadium's at full capacity. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be at full capacity on Saturday.
0: Um, yeah, no, and that kind of brings me back to what you said about the students there that kind of brings me back to that article that op-ed from the alumni that was posted in the Collegiate
2: Times. Shout out DT! I love y'all. Sorry. Yeah. Had to do that.
0: Basically but basically criticizing the students. Mike, who do you believe more of the responsibility falls on here for the changing of the Thunderdome into what it now the article dubbed as lame stadium with empty north end zones is that on the students or is that on the team or a little bit of both Uh,
1: a little bit both i mean the team needs to play better obviously to attract the hard the hard working and and paying fans for these games the students not showing up that's more of a uh that's more of a testament to the fact we got a millennial crowd that likes to be on their cell phones and likes to go drink and doesn't really care about you know football with you know, terrible teams the Hokies are playing against and quite honestly, not a great product on the field that Virginia Tech has put forth at home so far this year. So it's a little bit everything. Um, now with the homecoming game this weekend, I do expect the crowd to be a little bit better from a student perspective. If only for the fact that a lot of the fraternities and sororities will be interested in what happens with the homecoming court at halftime. So if it's a competitive game and you have the homecoming court being uh, revealed at the half, and you have a lot of sororities and fraternities in attendance, I do think the student turnout will be a little bit better than it has been. I think the alumni turnout will be a little bit better than it has been, just because I think you'll get a lot of student uh, former students. Uh, in town for maybe their one game per year, if that makes sense. Um, so I think there's...
0: Yeah, 3 3.30 start, in homecoming game, one of the more appealing games on the schedule, makes sense.
1: Right. Now, do they sell out? I mean, probably not. I, but do they get like 60-plus thousand fans in the stadium? Yes, I, I do think so. It's going to be sunny and 70 degrees on Saturday. North Carolina, you know, to Ricky's point, They'll have fans show up to this game. It's not that far of a drive. You're going to have nice weather. North Carolina a competitive team. It's now become a mini ri- rivalry between uh, the Tar Heels and Virginia Tech. And it should be a fun atmosphere there at Lane Stadium, just for the simple fact that it is the homecoming game. So I do think Virginia Tech will have a good crowd in Lane Stadium on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and I think that when you look at the remainder of this season, now, whether the Hokies are in contention for the ACC Coastal or not, I, I think really when you talk about that, that team-fan relationship, they have to win a couple of big games at home if they don't want to lose this fan base. You know what I mean? I think that they don't necessarily have to be a top-tier team in order to keep people involved. But the trend is the trend, and that is if after – two full years, the Hokies will have been drummed at home by every major opponent that they play. That doesn't encourage people to come out. And if you're a sophomore or a junior at Virginia Tech, quite frankly, you haven't seen that many good home football games. You've seen them beat the legs of some FCS teams, and more often than not, they've just gotten what was the so,
2: What was the most meaningful home win under Justin Fuente?
0: pit 2017 well wait a lot of fans that was pretty good
2: i really enjoyed that one i mean it's pit so i mean it's not really you know that's not really getting anybody excited now for us that actually follow football and and follow it in depth yeah i mean that's a good win but for these but yeah for these people that are casual fans nobody's given given a shit that you beat pittsburgh you know right it's not clemson it's not notre dame and and, and this is something that um that justin fuente really needs to do and i know that the home schedule didn't give him that opportunity this year but he's got to get a signature win and and particularly at home i mean he's got to yeah he's got to put his stamp on this program he's got to have something that he can hang his hat on and you know, I I appreciate the fact that he hung with Clemson in year one when he shouldn't have hung with Clemson. And if Trayvon McMillan doesn't miss a block, then who knows? Maybe Virginia Tech somehow wins the damn ACC. Um, but other than that, I've never really seen this team um, overperform and do something that nobody really expected them to do against a team that was far and away better than they were. Um, and he just hasn't gotten that signature win yet. Now. I'm not saying this Carolina game is an opportunity for him to get that signature win, but you need to start taking advantage of these home games and you need to start winning these damn home games instead of struggling at home in the ACC, which is what they've done so much of the last year and a half. Uh, and actually, if you want to go back into the Beamer years, the trend goes farther than that.
0: Yeah, I, I, to your point, Ricky, I think that what's defined the Fuente era is at least at home, He's never won a game that they weren't really expected to win with the exception of the UVA game last year, which just given the nature of the rivalry and the streak, your fan base still expects you to win. And he's
2: done a lot of losing against teams that he shouldn't be losing against at home, particularly the Georgia Tech loss in, I believe it was 2016, uh, when they absolutely just got swamped.
1: A couple weeks, by the way, after they had beaten Miami in a pretty big Thursday night game, they followed that up with a dud against Georgia Tech. To your point, Ricky, when Georgia Tech was without Justin Thomas, at quarterback, they were without their starting center in that game as well. So Virginia Tech went from like a three to like a five and a half, six point favorite there uh before kickoff i mean virginia tech was a pretty convincing favorite not a lot of people were expecting them to lose the game outright let alone lose the way that they did so that was one of the more disappointing losses everybody wants to point to that duke game a couple of weeks ago but that virginia tech team was much better a few years ago than the virginia tech team we've seen this year and everybody wants to point to this 45 to 10 loss a few weeks ago but that georgia tech loss might have been a lot worse
0: yeah i know and the day that we are recording this is actually the uh four-year anniversary, or the three-year anniversary, I should say, of their loss at Syracuse. And I saw that today online, and I just thought to myself, man, if they hadn't blown that Syracuse game in the Dome or not blown that home game against Georgia Tech, that team, if, if just imagine all the other results home with the close hold without the – including the close loss to Clemson. That's a team that gets to a, a New Year's Six Bowl, which is, you know, obviously nothing you can do about it now, but a little disappointing. All right, guys, so let's get into our over-unders now. The first over-under, we're talking about Deshaun McLeese, a guy who's really gotten it going over the past few games. Now, where that credit is to, I don't know, whether it be the offensive line improvement, whether it be apparently the wizard Jerry Kill getting involved in the run game, but Over under 100 rushing yards for Deshaun McLeese against North Carolina.
1: I'm going to go over. Um, Look, Deshaun McLeese has played better. The offensive line has played better. I don't know. I mean, I guess Jerry Kill has been helping in the running game. I don't know if he's, you know, how much uh, credit he gets? What's I Hello? mean, whatever. It's it's working. Whatever they're doing is working right now. Uh, the insertion of Henry in Hooker, here. I think, is a big reason why, as well, that the uh, running game has gotten better out of the backs in the Virginia Tech backfield. Um, I'm going to go over. Uh, Ricky mentioned the North Carolina rushing defense being pretty poor overall this year, um, and you know I, I think this is another opportunity for Virginia Tech to to move forward in the running game and have some success. So I'm going to take the over there on on Deshaun McLeese. What do you think, Ricky?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been super critical of McLeese and the offensive line and their inability to run the football. But just given how bad UNC's rush defense is, and it seems like Virginia Tech's figured something out, I'll take the over as well. Um, Although I'll admit I'm a bit shaky on that one. I will take the
0: over as well just given the weakness of this Carolina rushing defense. I really hope that I'm right, because at that point, we'll see a very welcome, sustained growth in the run game and an improvement throughout the season. All right, speaking of things that have improved throughout the season, specifically since Hendon Hooker took over at quarterback, over under one and a half touchdowns by Virginia Tech's tight ends. Mike.
1: I'm going to go under. I say Dalton Keene gets one. Um, I'd say Virginia Tech's running game is actually what kind of dominates the headlines coming out of this football game, believe it or not. So I'm going to say under uh, the one and a half touchdowns by tight ends in this game. But I don't necessarily think that means that Virginia Tech's in trouble by any means offensively. I just think that there might be more of a um, you know more of a featured look being put on this, this running game, just given the fact that North Carolina's rushing defense has struggled so mightily this year.
0: Ricky.
2: Yeah, it's not reasonable to – or not realistic, I think, to expect Virginia Tech's tight ends to continue doing what they're doing. Um, I actually think the touchdown will go to James Mitchell. Uh, so I'm going to go under as well. Uh, I don't think they're going to hit that number. Um, but, it, I mean, Shell, it sure would be fun if they did, right? I mean, tight end university seems to be taking on a, a bit of a life of its own, uh, even though these are really the only two tight ends that have done anything since Greg Boone and Jeff King?
0: Yeah, no, it's certainly uh, good to see depth at that group, especially hearing the news that the kid Gallo is actually showing a lot of potential as well as the third string guy. Uh, But yeah, now Ricky's right. It's not reasonable to expect multiple touchdowns by tight ends every game, especially now that teams are seeing that tight end group as legitimate weapon that they're going to practice and focus on taking away. Uh, speaking of trends continuing and Nooker hasn't turned the ball over yet over under a half a turnover, aka will he have his first turnover in this game?
1: I'm going to go with under um, until he turns it over. I don't see any reason why I should take the over, right? Um, Not only has he not turned it over, he hasn't really been all that close to turning it over. He's not really throwing it into coverage. Uh, He hasn't fumbled. There's no reason really for me at this point to take the over here, especially against a North Carolina defense that has had their trials and tribulations this year. Um, They've played okay at times, and then there are other times where they really just haven't been all that good. But I don't see any reason to uh, pick Hendon Hooker or turn the football over, given the lack of consistency out of the North Carolina defense.
2: Ricky? It's bound to happen at some point. Um, I know UNC's rush defense is horrific, but uh, Mac Brown is probably going to be able to find a way to get one turnover out of Hendon Hooker. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a fumble. I don't know if it'll be maybe a great play made of one-on-one coverage, because I don't think Hendon is going to, make a flat-out bad decision, but I'm going to go with over. I think he'll probably have one.
0: All right. I am going to agree with Ricky. I just think that he's going to turn the ball over eventually, and it's probably going to happen here. All right, now two-and-a-half touchdowns by Sam Howell. That can be in the air, on the ground, either one. Mike?
1: I'm going to go with over. I think it's the only way that North Carolina scores in this football game is to throw the football. Like, the rushing defense of Virginia Tech's been pretty good. North Carolina's rushing attack hasn't really been all that good, but Sam Howell's been excellent through the air, and North Carolina's got some decent playmakers on the outside, as Ricky alluded to earlier. I think it's going to be over, because I think if it's under, North Carolina's not really going to have much of a chance to win this football game. I think Virginia Tech's going to be able to find a way to score, uh, find different ways to score offensively, and I think if that happens, North Carolina's going to have to be in a position where they throw to uh, you know not only keep up with Virginia Tech but if it comes to you know North Carolina trying to pull away potentially from Virginia Tech I think it'll be through the air rather than on the ground so I'm gonna go with over mostly because I like Sam Howell and I think he's a really good quarterback
2: Greg over Virginia Tech secondary is not good uh, Sam Howell has been a bit wild but he's good enough to get, get or good enough to hit that mark in this game
0: I agree. I agree. I just think that uh, it's their strength versus our weakness, and I can't help but think that they're going to be able to expose it in some way, shape, or form. All right, lastly, over under 60K in the seats at Lenoir.
1: I'm going to go with the over. It's a homecoming game. Weather's supposed to be good. North Carolina's not all that far away. Um, there are less than 1700 tickets left on StubHub. I don't know what that means, but maybe that's good. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna go with the over homecoming weekend. I I think Virginia tech puts more than 60,000 in the seats. Uh, I don't think it's really all that far fetched to see this thing being, um, being close to a sellout, especially the fact that it's homecoming and it's a competitive ACC opponent coming to town. So I'm going to take the, the over there.
2: Ricky. I will take the over as well. Um, not because I think Virginia Tech fans are super jazzed about this game, but like Mike said, it is homecoming um, and the weather is supposed to be really nice. So if you're an alumni with season tickets, you're probably more likely to come to this game than any other. Um, the real question I think is, and I'm not sure where we all stand on this, but how many, uh, pe- or how many people are actually going to be at this game in the third quarter? Um, I guess that would be indicative of whether or not this is a competitive one. I think it will be competitive. So I think we'll have a pretty good crowd in this game, but man, if things get ugly, uh, which, I don't, again, I don't think will happen, and there's another bad crowd inside Lane Stadium in the third quarter, yikes.
0: Yeah, no, and I agree with you completely, Ricky. I'll take over on this one, but if it's another blowout loss at home, Lane Stadium is going to be a very depressing place for the Wake Forest game and the Pitt game where there's not as much of a rivalry attraction, especially with Wake Forest and the weather gets progressively colder. So I will take the over for now, knowing the implications of the importance of this game for the crowd and the team and so on and so forth. Uh, all right, let's do our ACC picks and wrap it up because I am getting tired.
2: <laughs> oh, poor Andrew getting it. sleepy. I am,
0: and I've got to wake up in the morning. I for goddamn work. Um, <laughs> Same. Uh, Same. All right. Starting out on Friday night, Pitt visits Syracuse at the Carrier Dome. Pitt, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Who you got, Mike?
1: I'm going with Pitt, man. Syracuse is really, really bad right now. Offensively, they've been pretty inconsistent. Tommy DeVito hasn't been nearly as good as advertised. Defense hasn't been very good. Um Pittsburgh, on the other hand, has looked a bit more consistent than Syracuse has. And even on the road here, I think Pitt finds a way to get it done behind Kenny Pickett and what they've been able to do on the ground of late. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh.
2: Ricky. Mike has a giant man crush on Wake Forest. I have a miniature man crush on Dino Babers. And it's very, very sad to watch his team struggle as much as they have. I'll take Pitt with the points um, and yet another disappointing game for Dino.
0: Uh, yeah, I will take Pitt as well. Syracuse just hasn't shown anything so far this season. It has not been good. It's not been good. So until proven otherwise, I'll take Pitt in this one. Also, a little caveat here: this is the only perfect slate of ACC games that we'll get all season. Seven games, all of ACC teams playing each other. Uh, But the highest ranked, the only ranked team in the ACC, Clemson visits Louisville. Louisville, a surprising four and two. Clemson, a 24 and a half point favorite on the road. I'll go first on this one. I think Louisville could actually make this one a heck of a game. I'll take them to cover. Mike, what do you think?
1: I like Louisville's offense. I don't really like their defense in this game. Clemson was in full war machine mode last Saturday against Florida State. They scored 42 points before Florida State could even really get past midfield. It felt like uh, Clemson's in warm, starting to get back in war machine mode coming off that bye a week, couple weeks ago. They had that scare against North Carolina the week before the bye. Uh, Clemson looks really good right now. I'm really curious to see how Louisville's offense does in this football game. I think for their offense, it's more of a measuring stick game than anything else. It's just kind of to see where they're at there uh, because they do have a lot of talent, a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. But defensively, I just don't trust them to keep this thing close against Clemson. So I'm going to take Clemson a winning cover here. uh, Even if it's in a backdoor fashion, I think they're able to win this game by about four touchdowns.
2: Ricky, what's your opinion? Good teams cover, bad teams don't. Clemson covers.
0: All right. Now we go to a game that I don't really care about that much at all. NC State and Boston College nc state a three and a half point favorite on the road boston college has lost quarterback anthony brown for the season mike you think nc state can cover this three and a half point spread on the road
1: both of these teams stink um
2: oh hey hey that fan who came at you on twitter is gonna come at you again yeah did you see that today? Yes, i did I, i'm well aware yeah. of it yeah I was told that NC State's playing better
1: defense. Who would have thought? Um, I, hey, I'll, I'll give him two- this.
2: It was the most well-reasoned attempt to critique Mike McDaniel that I've ever seen. Usually it's people just spewing nonsense, but he actually tried and made an effort. So good for him. And he wasn't a jackass yeah, about that's it, point. which he I can appreciate. Really, really what, was not-
0: what was the account? You don't have to include this part if You don't
2: want to. Oh, man. I got to. I'd have to go All back right, and okay. look. I like can look at it. If it, yeah, uh, yeah, you'll be able to go in his mentions you can find it uh, but yeah yeah he, he, I, I retweeted mikey, it as well mikey took some heat from nc state man nc state
1: yeah. yeah i was told that nc state basically has been playing better defensively against a couple of mediocre offenses is basically the the gist <laughs> of it um, boston college is another mediocre offense and without anthony brown i feel like that's going to be relatively problematic but they are at home this is kind of a coin flip game it's uh, a game in which BC can certainly win, but they're facing a bit of an uphill battle here, uh, starting their backup quarterback here and in, in his first start of his career against an NC State team that, you know, while offensively it's kind of been up and down, I guess the defense has been playing better lately. I'm going to take NC State to win here in a close game, but uh, this is really a coin flip here. This is going to be a tough one there in Chestnut Hill, and a game that really everybody should keep an eye on because these might be two of the worst teams in the ACC, uh, irregardless of record.
0: Uh, I will go with NCC. I'm reading the guy's critique, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I buy it. I buy it. Okay, moving on. Whoa, hey,
2: Amy, hey. uh, did, oh, did I just, just get shuffled out of the pod? I mean, damn.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're fired. No, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I'm <fired>. No, um... <laughs> I mean, if Boston College doesn't win this game, will Steve Adazio get the seven wins like he does every year? I mean, I don't, nope, yeah, I don't, yeah. do I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I bet they're uh, regretting that extension just a lot like Tech fans are regretting the, the Justin Fuente extension. Uh, NC State will probably cover that game. Uh, but I, if I were a betting man, which I'm not, uh, I would steer far, far away from this one.
0: Yeah, no. Looking at uh, Boston College's schedule now, uh, Steve D'Azio is not getting to seven wins, and I highly doubt he is even getting to five. Uh, without Ooh. Anthony Brown, hot takes. All, all of their uh, – Andrew Alex hot hot Yeah, all their winnable games are on the road. Yeah, this is like their last – one of their last chances to actually win a game. I think Boston College is going to struggle down the finish line. I mean – For Christ's sake, they've already lost to Kansas. I mean, it's not a good football team. Their wins are Virginia Tech and Rutgers. (laughs) It's bad. In a game where Virginia Tech turned the ball over three times, and they almost won anyway. All right, so yeah, I'll take State. Georgia Tech goes to Miami. We don't need to talk much about this
1: one. Miami. Seems like a good bounce-back opportunity for the Hurricanes.
0: 18-point spread. I'm still taking it.
1: Yeah. Canes.
2: Yeah, I'll take Miami too. Um, yeah, Georgia Tech. Sorry, guys.
1: All right. <laughs> Sorry about everything. Well, Jordan, I mean, look,
2: it, this is the path they chose. It's the right path. It's you have to cleanse the to cleanse the program of everything related to the triple option. Just completely blow it up, and this is this is step one.
0: Yeah, hopefully it uh, works out. I mean, not really hopefully because I don't really root for Georgia Tech, but it'll be interesting to see how quickly they can turn it around or if the negative stigma – that would surround the program over too long of a turnaround could really cripple them in the long run.
2: What a Freudian slip there that hopefully Georgia Tech turns it around. Are you a closet Tech fan like uh, like Mike is a closet Wake fan? I
0: I really don't like them. And the concept (laughs) that we're going to beat them, we're finally going to beat them, but only because they're not in any position to beat anyone. And God, we might be able to cut this sandbite one day if we somehow lose to Georgia Tech, but
2: Oh god. boy. If 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 Virginia Tech loses to Georgia Tech, you can bet your ass we're cutting that sound bite.
1: Uh, yeah. Well yo, you thought you thought losing to Duke? You thought losing to Duke was bad. If Virginia Tech loses to Georgia Tech, wait until you see what the fan base does next. Remember oh, Mike, the shit, <laughs> the shit
2: show is coming.
0: It would all show is coming. Yeah, no, It's like uh the, the, the doomsday <laughs> that could possibly happen, but god hope yeah it doesn't regardless yeah i'm going with miami florida state visits wake this is the primetime game in the acc apparently uh wake a two and a half point favorite at home can florida state pull the upset on the road
1: sure they can the problem is though that florida state's offense has kind of done a lot of like up and down stuff the last few weeks um They've looked good at times. They've looked horrible at times. Clemson, you kind of have to throw out just because of how good Clemson is, right? But Wake Forest offense is scoring like 45 or 50 points a game. They're averaging almost 500 yards of offense a game. They're a big 12 team. Um, If this gets into a shootout, I think it certainly favors Wake Forest because I'm not sure Florida State can keep up offensively. Uh, Defensively, Wake Forest is really bad. So if Florida State finds a way to get into the 30s or the 40s, and they're able to hold Wake Forest down enough offensively, I think they're able to win this football game. But I have a feeling this gets into a competitive shootout. I think that favors Wake Forest, and I'll take them because they're at home.
2: Ricky? Mike, it means absolutely nothing that Wake is home in this game. Uh, it's criminal that they get a second primetime home game in a row, considering the turnout that they had in the last one. Hater. Um, Whoa, whoa. Don't don't even who who whoa. went who went in hiding while Wake was getting blasted on the field. Huh? I was it a hockey game. Who, all right? who went in hiding, hiding on Twitter? Game. That's right. Mike they did. Blasted, lost Happy. by three. Mike <laughs> Mike went in hiding, okay? Just so yeah. everyone is clear. Yeah. 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 That, that, being, that being said, but Wake will win and Wake will cover because Florida State is abysmal.
0: Uh I'm going to go with Florida State to pull the upset. Hey-o. there you go. Andrew Alex end. hot takes. Andrew well, number too. I like it. Can uh, we get oh. some sort of
2: air horn sound whenever Andrew pops off like that? Yeah, no, we need to uh we do need to get sound effects. We need to get yes. sound effects. Yes, we do.
0: Uh but uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. air horn. <laughs> Biggest game going on in the uh in the Coastal Division. Duke visits UVA, both teams, four and one, both teams, two and one in the ACC UVA, a three and a half point favorite at home. Mike, can the Wahoos cover?
1: Yeah, I think UVA bounces back here. Uh, Quentin Harris has not been very good the last few weeks. Duke found a way to run the football. Um, they found a way to run the football in spite of Quentin Harris here the last few weeks. Um, it hasn't looked pretty at times. Uh you know They they win 41-23 to 23 against Georgia Tech last week, and Quentin Harris really didn't look all that good. He's going to have to play a lot better against UVA. Um, I, I think Virginia bounces back here and gets the victory at home. Uh, I think they win in cover. Virginia is just a better team right now, so I'm going to take the Wahoos.
0: Ricky?
2: Yes, I will also take the Wahoos. Uh, this game should be the primetime game on ACC Network, by the way. Uh, these are the, this game will probably determine the direction of the ACC coastal race for the next several weeks. Um, if Duke has to win this game, if they're going to be in it, uh, they need to own the tiebreaker over the Wahoos, but I don't think they will. I think UVA is going to cover that spreads, not very big, uh, three and a half. So I'll take the Wahoos.
0: You know, I agree that this shit, this is the game of the week should be the primetime game. I agree that whoever wins this game will emerge as the favorite in the division. But I do not agree that UVA will win this game. They've looked worse every week, and they just lost their best overall player. Bryce Perkins continues to take the hits, and I just – Duke has scored 30 points in all of their – at least 30 points in all of their ACC games, and the UVA offense just seems to look worse and worse every week. I'll take David Cutcliffe and the Duke Blue Devils. They win the game, so obviously they cover the spread.
2: If right. if UVA loses that game, what level of panic mode sets in in Charlottesville?
0: Uh, they're going to be real pissed. <laughs> I'll tell you
1: that. Yeah, I, and that's the thing too. Like UVA good, but they're like an inherently flawed team, like everybody else in the coastal. So it really makes me wonder. Like, their fans just expect fans them to be really, really
0: as they were before.
1: Like. Yeah, like Virginia's fan base expects them to be very good, but they are inherently flawed, right? So like for Virginia to lose another game in the Coastal Division would not be a surprise to me. Um, And for them to then beat Virginia Tech at the end of the year and kind of end up with the same conference record that they ended up with a year ago would not surprise me either. So like, I don't really know if it would be all that much of a referendum on Virginia as a program, but I think the fan base would take it pretty hard.
0: Yeah, no, it would certainly, I mean, it would just throw uh, water on the hype that was Virginia yes. coming into the season. And Correct. they're no longer, you know, some of these people, these UVA fans on Twitter were talking like national championship and stuff like that. I mean, I know it's a small segment of the population, but they thought they were really, really good. And your third loss in a row would definitely eliminate the possibility that UVA football this season would be really, really good. Whereas tech fans don't expect to be really, really good. But speaking of tech, they host North Carolina. They are three and a half point underdogs at home. Mike, you can go first. Can the Hokies cover and can they win?
1: I don't know why. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to pick Virginia Tech. I don't know why. North Carolina (laughs) is a better team. Um, Sam Howell has been very good. But he's a freshman quarterback. Bud Foster seems to have success against freshman quarterbacks. We're kind of entering the same scenario that we entered into against Miami, um, North Carolina, and Miami were in a were in a pretty tight game there uh, back in September. Then North Carolina ultimately won. Um, you know, Virginia Tech won a tight game against Miami as well. Uh, obviously, it's it's a three three and a half point uh, spread currently. So I think a lot of people expect this game to be close. Virginia Tech's at home. Bud Foster has success against freshman quarterbacks. I think the Hokies dial up enough pressure and turn Sam Howell over maybe one or two times, and maybe that ends up being the difference. I'm gonna take the Hokies in a close game. Can't believe I'm doing it. I think North Carolina's a better team, but I think tech finds a way to get it done.
0: Ricky I'm assuming you don't agree.
2: I'm so disappointed in you, Mike. I'm I'm really, really heartbroken. Uh look, North Carolina is is a middling team. We all know that. Virginia Tech lost by 35 the last time they played at home against an ACC opponent. Uh, Duke and UNC are relatively close in terms of talent and and overall quality. Um, I cannot and will not uh, pick Virginia Tech to win this game. Um, They're just not good enough, and the last two wins that I've seen have not shown me enough to think that they can win this game. Um, I do not think they'll get blown out, but I do not think that they will have a chance in the late in the fourth quarter to win. I'm talking in the last two to three minutes. I think UNC probably wins this by seven to ten points. um, And it's going to be another long, dreary day inside Lane Stadium, even though the weather is going to be absolutely beautiful. So uh, UNC is going to cover the spread and Virginia Tech is going to lose their third conference game. And um, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be really, really hard for Tech fans, because I think some Tech fans have bought into this false sense of hope uh, after the last two.
0: All right. Well, I am going to agree with Ricky. I just don't know if this DV group can hang with Sam Howell and that couple of talented receivers. I think that it is obviously possible. I mean, it's the Coastal Division. Tech could win, but. At the same time, I think that would require a near perfect game yet again from Hendon Hooker. And I've talked about no turnovers. And like the Miami game, the Tech defense would have to overperform expectations in one way, shape, or form, whether that be turnovers, whether that be not letting up 30 some odd points like they have been all year. So. Yeah, I'm going to go with UNC, but I hope to be pleasantly surprised. But that'll do it for us with the Hokey Hangover podcast. I am Andrew Alex. You can catch me at Andrew Alex Radio. Mike, where can they find you other than the hotel room in Columbus?
1: Damn, man. Throwing shade at my Columbus hotel room. Look at that.
0: <laughs> I just, I know you just hate it so much. I have to mention it every
1: time. I, I really do. I really do hate it. Um, At Mike McDaniel CFB on Twitter. Find me there.
0: Ricky, you got a website? What's it called? Did we lose him? We did. All right. Well, you can find Ricky at RickyLablue.com and and on Twitter at, you guessed it, Ricky Blue. And you can find me at Andrew Alex Radio. We will be back next week to review the North Carolina game and all the implications that either a big win At home or uh, possibly, you know, at least pretty much expected loss would have on this Virginia Tech team and their, you know, chances for the rest of the season to save the bowl streak, the UVA streak, so on and so forth. So we will talk to you then. Until then, go Hokies.